but I think like one of your original comments on folklore was like, I'm going to wait for the uh, euphoria to die down before we get honest about it. And I was just like, not interested, DJ. Like, <laughs> no desire to have honest conversations about it. Brunch, hit it, boys. Sick. <laughs> yeah, I sure am. On a scale of one to feeling good, I am a solid not. Now, we didn't invent this, but we certainly point out at every turn. Bet you're being a huge baby right now. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Just a giant baby. Somebody like five or six months ago was like, hey, like, I'm not talking shit or anything, but like, my boyfriend has a cold and is having way too hard a time with it. Is this a him thing or is this a guy's thing? And I was like, how do people not know that when guys get colds? Oh Giant boy. Baby. And I think, I think it's worse now too, because uh, like anytime you get any sort of sickness uh, now, it's like, do I have COVID? Do right. I have COVID? And I'm pretty sure that I don't have COVID, but uh, yeah, I'm being a big baby about it. And also it's, it's, uh, it's tough for me because I, I, I never get sick. I never get sick, but when I do get sick, I'm either, I can't tell if I either get really sick or I'm just used to not getting sick that I'm just a huge baby about it. That's true. You haven't, yeah, you, you really don't get sick. No. I get like exhausted so much that I'm like the, you know, in, um, what is it? Silicon Valley. He says the main character, it's wild how much I've forgotten about that show. But, uh, Richard says, uh, like I've had a cold for a year. Yeah, like I identify with that, like where there's like some whether it's just like not sleeping or just being stupid, like the the kind of always being lightly sick. I get that, but I've n- I never even see you like like I don't know you like your voice is never fucked up or anything like that. So, I mean, good on one hand. On the other, I bet that ramps up the babiness like times twenty. Like, can oh, I do sure. it? Hey, check us out. Can I do anything? Can I can I send you anything? Are you drinking fluids? Yeah, I'm drinking lots of fluids. I, I gave you that a- tip. I got Ellen just made me a nice tea. Nice. So I'm drinking a, some tea with lemon mm. and just a lot of water. Cool. And just, that's it. Those check the boxes for fluids. So you're off to a good start. So what what kind of mug are you rocking? Oh, this is a this is an LL Bean Floor uh, <laughs> the Main Woods uh, coffee cup. It's it was like uh it was probably like twenty four dollars. Really and- cool. <laughs> I had a gift card to L.L. Bean, and I only found, like, one one thing that I wanted at L.L. Bean, and I just wanted to, like, use the rest of the gift card because I knew that I wasn't going to go back for a mm. while. So I just bought this, like, super expensive coffee mug. I don't do enough L.L. Bean. I, like, I've, I'm, I've always had respect for L.L. Bean, but we just don't cross paths too often. I think that it's just it's too expensive for what, like, I, I, they have really good clothes, and they have, like, great quality clothes but they're just too expensive. Interesting. They, so I've definitely always felt that they have great quality clothes. That does stink when there's a place that you're like, yo, I dig your stuff, but I, I just know that it's not worth whatever you're charging. Right. And it's like, I dig your stuff and I know that it's good quality and it'll last me forever. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm paying for what I'm getting, but I'm not justifying the price. I have been wishing, um, I have like, I got stuff. Especially, like, as far as clothes go, like, I have a lot of shirts, I got a lot of pants, like, I have a lot of everything, yet I never really, 
I haven't felt satisfied with my wardrobe in uh, a long time, which typically for me means I'm just actually not satisfied with my body. But uh, I have, I have like some friends where I don't know, back in the day when you would like go to a friend's place or whatever and be like, Hey, we're hitting the town. They'd be like, cool. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go change. And their closet is like six really cool items. Like they have very few things but all of them fucking rock i'm like well, i could not identify less with that but it seems nice yeah I, tr- I tried to do that i tried to like cut down to like only the cool things mm-hmm. and i i gave it an attempt and i was i, I just am so hesitant to part ways with things that <laughs> like, like all my shit's cool <laughs> not even that it's like it's like i have things that, that have like sentimental i guess where it's like oh, i wore this that time like i have memories of thing of times that i wore certain things and i'm like well i could do that again and i just like i'm very hesitant to throw away a, a, a bunch of stuff or give it away like or trim down although when, i did just i just bought this cool uh, and it's it's from costco i bought this from costco and i bought sweatpants from costco and let me tell you oh Oh yeah. Yo, I was at Costco like uh three months ago and I thought I was like, yo, I should get some jeans at Costco, right? Nobody's gonna see them, and who cares? Like the the jeans that I wear kind of commonly right now are jeans that I bought for a Mike Felger costume. Where like I needed <laughs> jeans that looked like I didn't like, fucking I care what jeans something. I was buying. So I went to I went to Old Navy and they had these like two dollar they were legitimately on sale for like two dollars. And they were some fit that would absolutely not be in right now. It's just like kind of like a, a lightly loose fit. And I'm like, yeah, I, I wear these jeans all the time during the pandemic. So Hell who yeah. cares? Yeah. Good, good, good call on the Costco stuff. I mean, famously, John Mayer has uh big Kirkland it, guy is, has really uh, adopted the, uh, the, the Kirkland brand. Uh, we got shit to do today. We got uh Feidelberg's going to come on. We got 40 minutes with him. Exactly 40 minutes with John Fadelberg. That's not a scheduling thing on his end. If you've listened to the Tom Everett Scott episode, the 1975 episode with Nora, you know it's 40 minutes and the Zoom says that's going to be it. So he's got a hard out. So let's. So if there's any fucking around and uh, fat that we're not going to trim, that's in this part of the podcast as we uh, talk about a teacher and... Happiest Season, the movie. We, uh, we've gotten back to tossing Christmas movies and holiday movies on. Uh, before we do that, uh, what I think that you're not as in on the new Taylor Swift album as I am. And I'm not super in on it, but I think that's pretty cool. That's a fun little reversal. Yeah, I think that it's like the exact opposite. I don't want to get too into the Taylor stuff, but I think that it, we're in the exact opposite positions as we were for uh, Folklore and Evermore, which is very interesting. Yeah, we're like, I'm like, hey, this is pretty good. And you're like, dude, it's fine. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what we went through uh, with Folklore and Evermore. So we'll have Feidelberg on. You had an idea to uh, last time we did uh, Short Lore, where we lopped off the songs that uh, didn't need to be on the album. So she has a new album. The new album is called uh, Folk More, and we're going to do Folk Most, which is where you take the two albums, combine them. Uh, we'll have to explain this to, to fights, but let's at least smooth out what our plan is going to be there. Do we each do, we each pick five songs, and then one person can Six eliminate songs. one of them? 
six songs. Okay, so how about this? Because I I, I said um, the the combined the combined folkmost album track listing should be fifteen because 15 I believe songs. that both of them are fifteen. Okay, so let's do a com- a combined fifteen track listing. So then here's a fun little wrinkle because we were talking about uh, one person each one person gets to subtract a song after they've been put on. Mm-hmm. What if we do? We each do five songs, then we each take turns getting rid of a song, and then we each get to add one more. Or we could do. Then wouldn't just, we just wouldn't we just add the one that got eliminated? No, no. If you fucking do that, you're off the podcast. <laughs> exactly. So what are those like completely off the table? The ones that get right. Eliminated? So so say I mean, I'm not going to tip my hand. I think you could probably guess the two songs that. Uh, I will absolutely not allow beyond this, but I can only eliminate one of them. No, let's just do six and then eliminate three and not, not add. Okay. Can we eliminate them in real time? Because I'm going to be really excited. Like Feidelberg hasn't heard this yet. Like the second he picks champagne problems, you're going to react. So this is what happens. Feidelberg picks champagne problems. You give your reaction. You'd be, it will be like a good cop, bad cop thing. Like, you know, this thing's got, (laughs) This thing has until I finish speaking before it is off this. So you say whatever you want. Like, good job, buddy. Like, hey, it's cool that you picked a song that was important to you. The next fucking words out of my mouth are John Feidelberg. Champagne Problems is not on Folkmost. I, see, this is where I wish that I splurged because I got the Go XLR uh, mixer. I wish oh, that I drops. splurged. I wish that I splurged for the the soundboard one because I would love to just drop uh, just just an obnoxious sound effect to when we got a. She gone. <laughs> like, didn't uh, I? Don't know if we did this on or off the podcast. Didn't we like devote a lot of time to? Why would anybody get that other version of the yeah. Go XLR? <laughs> There's no need for what are you going to use? Drops? Loser? What are we, shock jocks? What is this, the fucking buzz? Get out of here. And now, Damn, like, I wish I had it so bad. Two hours later, as I make a SpongeBob reference, I probably shouldn't be allowed to make because I've never seen that show. But they do a lot of the whatever time later. Yeah, so, so should we do, be able to do that in real time or do we wait until the end to eliminate? No, I think we can do real time. That's fine. Cool. And like if... I think I'm predicting exactly what's going to happen here. So Fadelberg is going to put champagne problems on there. I'm going to get rid of it. And uh, because uh, Fadelberg and I, I think are similarly petty. He's just going to wait for whatever song I'm picking next. And you won't even like the second I say, be like, okay, cool. That's fucking gone. And tell you what, I'm going to strategically pick a song that I don't want on there. So here's going to happen. Oh, this is great. We don't need I like I like this, this strategy going into it. Right? Okay. So Does he know that we're doing this by the way? Uh, no, I'll t- I'll tell him. He's in the middle of uh an interview. Um but he should be done in a second. Uh so here's what happens. He picks champagne problems. I get rid of it. Either you or me plant some sort of seed of like, "Ooh, Fidelberg's gunning for you now, DJ." He's ooh, watch your back. Now he's going to be careful. What right? And I'm like, well, look, we're all adults here. My next selection is great song, The One. And then Feidelberg's <laughs> like, fuck you, it's not on there. And then you play a drop of like, uh, I don't know, whatever music they you play. You played yourself. Right. Yeah. You played yourself. It's pretty good. Yeah. We can insert that <laughs> in post. We can no, do that. It doesn't hit quite as hard. Right. And it would seem weird. There'd just be 
I actually like this. There would be the drop with no reaction whatsoever. Like, oh, you sure played we, yourself, we, we've big done dummy. that before on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we've done post uh, post production drops. Yeah, we've done. Yeah, we're a, a pretty uh, snazzy operation here. I'm gonna take one second. Do we have an ad read? We do. Okay. Fishy. You want to do it? Uh, no. Do you want to do it? I mean, I, I want us to do it. I don't have it in front of me. I was going to text Feilberg. Just heads up. Here's what we're doing. I did the last one. Um, and okay. I, and I don't want to do it again because remember how difficult of a time I had with it? Cool. So talk about something for like 20 seconds while I text uh, Feilberg. All right. Uh, well, I'm not feeling too great, but it is what it is. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, we're, we're getting near the end of 2020. And guess what? I know it's been a tough year for all of us, but I'm, I'm pretty grateful for a lot of things that happened this year. I really am. And so uh, I hope that you are too. Thank you for continuing to listen to Brunch throughout this year. I know we, we sort of had a, it was a, a down year for the podcast. I, I didn't like that we had to record so many episodes remotely. We're recording this one remotely uh, against, against our, our will, I guess. Like I, I wish that we were recording it uh, together, hopefully soon. After after the holidays, yeah, I've uh, so that was me filibustering for like thirty seconds. That was solid. It was a nice little like uh, kind of from the the heart thing. Fadelberg says, "Love it." Okay, great. I'm talk for twenty seconds. I'm going to text him back. That's what you think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I emailed fucking you. Plan, buddy. I emailed you. You emailed me. Yeah. What about? Look at this. We're all just communicating. I know you'd send me the the tushy thing. Yeah. Not the first time you've emailed me a tushy thing. So here's the thing. It's saying ad lib a thing about buttholes. I'm not doing that. I'm going to ad lib how good tushy is. I'm going to go. I'm going to get right to the point. This is a killer bidet type product that I think is good for both you and good for the environment. I said last week, we've got enough stresses in our lives. The last fucking thing. I like we're worried about murder hornets, COVID, obviously. The last thing you want on top of all this is hemorrhoids. So how can you help prevent that? A bidet. Typically, over the years, bidet is very expensive. You saw the SNL bit where they, they're viewing the, the property and they're asking about the bidet. You seen that one, Pete? I have not. And the bidet, uh all their questions. They're either at a hotel or something, they're being shown a place. And they see that there's a bidet, and they have a million questions, and all their questions are like, "End of the bidet? Is this a like whatever bidet? It's exactly as good as I'm doing it." Uh, Hello, Tushy attaches to your existing toilet. No electricity or additional plumbing needed, and it cleans your rear with a precise stream of fresh water, all for just seventy nine dollars. You can also get some Hello Tushy toilet paper. That's we've got that. That's great. Using your Hello Tushy, like the actual bidet, it's going to cut toilet paper use by 80%. So it pays for itself by how much TP it's going to save you. Because with Hello Tushy, you don't wipe it all. Hello Tushy is your Wait, with bidet. Hello Tushy, you don't wipe it all. That's a, that seems wrong. You can dry, yeah. Just give it a few seconds. I feel like that's not scientifically proven. I mean, I look, you know me. I am all for pushing back on the copy. <laughs> I am all for. Uh, I mean, have you have you tested this yourself? Are you just not wiping anymore? 
I'll be honest. I've done the bidet and wipe. I've always been a no. I've always been a bidet and dry. I don't like wipe. What wiping is a there's You're a, a patter a patter. Right. Yes. Bidet I, and pat. Yes. Bidet and pat. Okay. It's the Netflix and chill of 2020. <laughs> Every Hello Tushy bidet attachment comes with a 60 day risk free happy butt guarantee and a 12 month warranty. Those weren't dramatic pauses. Those were, I'm about to say happy butt. Yep. (laughs) Stop wiping your butt and start washing and join the millions of happy Hello Tushy customers right now. Plus, Hello Tushy is the perfect gift for the holidays. Get 10% off plus free shipping right now at hellotushy.com slash brunch. That's hellotushy.com slash brunch for 10% off and free shipping. Hellotushy.com slash brunch. Tell you what. That was job. that was relatively painless. Yeah, you did a good job. Way better than I did uh, a couple weeks ago. I will say, I'm not a big fan of how many times they say, like, hey, stop wiping. <laughs> right. I, I, would, I would love to cut down on the wiping. Mm-hmm. But I think that at the very least, there should be a security wipe involved. You are saying, uh-oh, uh, you are saying defund toilet paper. Yes, it's not... They are uh, saying abolish toilet paper. And (laughs) there's at least a conversation to be had there. Meet in the middle somewhere. That I think both sides will uh, make salient points. So, all right, want to do, what do we do? Do we end the episode with Feidelberg? Yeah, why not? Do episode, yeah, Yeah. Feidelberg. Okay, so let's, uh, let's talk a teacher because we're on episode eight. Eight? I don't know, man. That I think it was the eighth episode. I had very high hopes. I don't know. You know when you just have a feeling? You're just like something's going to break your way? I don't. But I thought I had that feeling last night. Where I was like, you know what? Claire was getting out of jail soon. I think we're seeing Matt. And even if it's uh, like she goes by to see him, and he's in the middle of band practice, and he's like, look, the guys are here. I can't talk. And I'll maybe like lingers for a second or as she's like walking away, there's like a, all right, the pickup of measure, uh, 16, here we go, two, three, and then they jump in and you at least like, I don't know, maybe I just want a taste of that band. Even if I like hear what, like, just give me like, what key is one of your songs in? Give me anything. (laughs) Like, yeah, I want her to stop by the house. And then leave. And as she's leaving the house, you just hear, Cut my life into pieces. (laughs) (laughs) Fighting all the time. This is out of line. She loves me not. Loves me not. Uh, No, but alas, uh, alas, no Matt in this episode. This was a uh, full Claire episode. Well, I guess that's not true. Oh, yeah, right. Full Claire feet Eric. But it's kind of in like a We Are Young is a yeah, fun yeah, featuring yeah. Janelle Monet where you're like, yeah. sure, but not really. Right. Um, yeah, this, this it's, it's, it's full Claire. She's out of jail and uh, it's everybody hates her. Everybody is. I will even say not to certainly not to defend what uh, Claire did, but unfairly mean to to claire 
Which, some people, yeah. yeah. Understandable because they're, they're, they're really angry and they're horrified. But she pays a, a pretty dear price and she gets out of jail with nothing, of, of course. And uh, she's staying with her brother, the uh, policeman who we know earlier from unknowingly kind of helping strengthen the relationship between Claire and Eric. Um, there is a scene where I, I'm, I'm just too fucking in the weeds with this like Matt storyline. I'm like, uh, it's unhealthy how much I am thinking of every scene potentially turning into maybe we get to hear Matt's band, but uh, the scene where she says to her brother, uh, Matt must be happy now that the divorce is pretty much finalized. And her brother says, I wouldn't say Matt's happy about much these days. And like, she wasn't going to do this, but I was like, if I were in Claire's shoes, I would be like, so like Allison Chain's not happy or like where it's like, where it still rocks or Father John Misty not happy where you're kind of turned on a little bit or like the national not happy because nobody wants that last one, right? <laughs> and that is a foreshadowing of what's to come. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> dude. I, I mean, I'm, I'm getting into clipping things. I, I, I clipped mainly just clipping that, uh, that performance of the Beach Boys where Mike Love is auto-tuned and sounds like Tom DeLonge. Uh, it's really gotten me into clipping things. I'm like, join the Pete train. You tried to show me how to clip things. But like, I'm into clipping things. I clipped that uh, Father John Misty leaving LA. This new shit really makes me want to die. I'm going to be using that a lot going forward. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was like a brief mention of Matt in this episode. And and then that was it. Uh, did you Do we... Do we see Matt again? I don't think there's a reason to see Matt again. So I guess. that's so like, I don't want to hear that. I know that it's realistic, but like, I don't want to throw in the towel like that. <laughs> Neither did I, Matt, but I think that his hand was forced. I know, but I'm not throwing in the towel. I think that if I'm a betting man, it's unlikely we see Matt. But there's still, I think, two more episodes. That's as many teams as we're interested in Tom Brady and free agency. That's a lot, man. That's true. I, and like, since Claire does sort of push away Eric in this episode that I think that maybe sets up, like she's going to try to make it work with Matt. She's going to try to be an adult. She's going to say, can we fix this? And we haven't yet seen Matt dunk on her yet. He hasn't drunk dunked on her once. Oh, that's true. There's got to be one opportunity for him to dunk on her. There's a, well, I'll toss some shameless into here. I'm watching shameless. I'm like, it's so sad. In like a week and a half, I'm on season seven or something. It's Jesus. It's really, but I've told you, have I, did I tell you my trick with watching shameless? No. I put it on as I'm falling asleep and I probably miss like five episodes every time I do that, <laughs> but I don't go back and watch those episodes because the show is so like sad but also like the reality of a lot of people in their situation that I'm like, I, I know what happens. Like they, they don't catch a break and somebody fucks them over and 
they shoot themselves in the foot. Uh, anyway, there was uh, an episode where uh, Fiona, the main character, that's uh, what's her name? Why can't I think of her name? Uh, Shameless main character. Uh, boy, I, I'm so bad with names right now. Uh, uh, Matt's name. You know Matt's name. That's true. It is sad. That's like the only name that I remember. Emmy Rossum. Jesus, DJ. Uh, Emmy Rossum's character's name is Fiona. And she dates a musician. And we get to hear his band all the fucking time. So maybe that's why I'm so into Shameless. But she marries this musician. Uh, cheats on him with her ex. They are in the process of getting divorced. And he asks her to come see his band play. Ooh. And he... Oh, they no, they haven't gotten divorced yet. He says, hey, come see my band play. She says, sure. I cheat on you all the time. It's the least I can do. And he says, uh, this song is for my wife. It's called The F Word. And he's singing about uh, how he'd been avoiding the F Word his whole life. And you're thinking, it's really painting the picture of like, ooh, I get it. It's kind of like a country song. He's saying the F Word is family. Like... You, they, like he's he never thought he'd settle down and then he says uh like but then i met her fiona and you're like the f word is fiona he's like and then fiona started fucking everybody and you're like ooh, the f word is indeed fuck <laughs> and the whole song is like fucking fiona fucks this guy fucking fiona fucks that guy and uh there's a very funny storyline where oscar nunez is her divorce attorney and he's terrible at his job and his big thing is I'm going to be able to get you half the royalties on this song that no one fucking cares about and has heard <laughs> because this guy plays in a shitty band like Matt. So oh, maybe there could be one of those things. Is Although I know revenge song, right? Matt's he, band. Tell you what, I'm turning the show off if he says because Fiona's name starts with an F. Yeah. If Matt does that with Claire, the C word. Turning that off right away. <laughs> Wiping my hands of the show. Obviously, like a lot of awful, horrible things happen in that show, but. If he says, unless it's like a, unless it's like a pirate joke, where he's a C word, but otherwise, like, I don't care if it was 2013, dude, it's being aired in 2020 uh, or 2014, whatever it was. So, I mean, that, that this episode flew too. this episode flew. They all do. They all do because they're all like 24 minutes long. Too short. <laughs> yeah. Too short. It's a drama. That's 24 minutes per episode. What are we even doing here? The handshake meme of uh, a teacher is number of minutes in the episode and uh, number of years lived by one of the people in this relationship. And oh god, the handshake is just not not enough, not a, not nearly enough. <laughs> might wanna might wanna work on that. Okay, we got like ten minutes before uh, Fiddleberg jumps in, so. Uh, Let's talk about Happiest Season, which is a movie that, uh, honestly, you're going to have to fill me in on because I saw some of it, but okay. it's, uh, I forgot the name of it. I thought it was called Tis the Season, nope. probably because of the Taylor Swift song, Tis the Damn Season, searched for Tis the Season on my remote, and it said uh, it was a, there was a documentary about carolers about like the most high profile Christmas carolers. And I was like, Ooh, I might for real watch this instead of watching this movie that we're planning on watching, but I didn't, I watched some of it. It's uh, 
Uh, Kristen Stewart and Mackenzie Davis are a couple that goes to Mackenzie Davis's family's place for Christmas. But there's a twist. Mackenzie Davis uh, doesn't tell Kristen Stewart that her parents don't know that she's gay, let alone in a relationship. So, uh, from what I picked are, up, her parents are a political family. Okay, uh, and so like they have to like keep it a secret because her dad's in the middle of a campaign and they think it would be distracting, like yada, yada, yada. Uh, but very distracting is the fact that her dad is like a, 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 like a local councilman who's running for like local mayor. Who cares? Right. It's not a real political job. <laughs> right. Just like, first of all, like are, are people going to, do people dig up dirt? On that? For like a local local council, yeah, right, right. A small town. Like I'm not. I'm not uh, he's like I mean, trying you said to secu- a- He's trying to like secure like political funding for his campaign. It's like you guys are clearly rich, right? Well, like what do you what do you need here? Yeah, um, my my big takeaway was just uh, Mackenzie Davis. I actually had two big takeaways. You you I think you would disagree on one of these, but uh, one of my takeaways is uh, <laughs> unbelievably shitty girlfriend move. Or oh, shitty yeah. partner move, whatever, to be like, hey, you're going to meet my family. That's a huge step. And I'm sure there's a lot of stresses that, that, that are going through Kristen Stewart's mind as uh, she's about to, to meet her girlfriend's family. To then be like thrown that as like a last second, like, oh, also real quick, uh, you have to pretend you're straight and uh, that you have a boyfriend because the last, they're, they're nightmare is our love. You're right. Okay, and, go. And and uh, everybody in this movie is going to dunk on you at, at any given chance uh, over the fact that you're an orphan. Oh, it's really? A very, very common thing in this movie. Like, it's like, oh, you're the orphan. This must be very sad for you. Just constantly bringing up the fact that both of her parents are dead. Oof. What is, oh, man. So th- there's so many themes with Christmas movies recently. Dead parents, um... I liked the uh, the the, the storyline of the uh, the high school. I guess they were just like they weren't a couple, but two people hooking up, one of whom was closeted, mm-hmm. and uh, what both of them had to go through. I thought was interesting and, and good that they're putting shit like that in movies. But my other takeaway from the movie was that so the movie's called Happiest Season. I would have called it. I saw Mamai kissing Santa Claus because this movie was eye porn. A lot of beautiful people in this movie. A lot of, I mean, as as couples go, give me a better eye couple than Kristen Stewart and Mackenzie Davis. Uh, I can do that because uh, Mackenzie Davis is a worse looking version of than uh, Allison Williams. I agree that, and I, I, I thought this independently of you bringing that up she definitely looks like she could play Allison Williams sister they look very similar and uh I don't know to the the beauties in the eye of the beholder to whoever you want to say is uh is hotter prettier whatever but Mackenzie Davis has great eyes and Chris yeah. and I, I I love Kristen Stewart's eyes like really uh it's like a very distinct eye <laughs> <laughs> so weird, but uh, no, but like, th- I mean, you're you're not wrong. I I uh, I think that like Mackenzie Davis has a bit of like 
she she like is a little frightening. I don't like I don't know how to put it without like sounding mean, but like she she looks like she could snap and kill you. I mean, in the same way that like Sarah Paulson has that look to her too. Like they're both very pretty, but like they seem like they could like they could be really scary. <laughs> that's why so this we're answering a lot of questions right now. That's why I'm that's why I'm saying like big Mackenzie Davis fan. <laughs> okay, fair enough. You're um, like that seems horrifying. <laughs> I think that she's like the fourth hottest woman in this movie. Uh unbelievable. No brainer, really. Uh casting choice, Mary Holland to play uh Mackenzie Davis's sister. There are, we could do a whole episode on like who would be good to play relatives. Yeah. And I guess that's just saying like what actors kind of look alike. Like bootleg Tom Hardy and uh I always forget the other guy's name could uh play like brothers, mm-hmm. right? They could play twins pretty much. Yeah. Right. 100%. Uh I it did get me thinking about I I didn't complete this list, so this is a very much an incomplete thought, but like most attractive couples in movies or TV shows. Oh, I don't know. That list is way too long. I would have to like investigate that. You had to put a lot of thought into it, but I was like, really like, I mean, like, sure. Like you got your like Tomei and Pesci's of the world. Mm-hmm. That, that, <laughs> that classic one. Just really, um, like carrying the weight there. Right. But I mean, it's Issa Rae and JL is probably oh the, God. the number one. Unbelievable. Uh, John Hamm and uh, January Jones is also making an, also, Issa Rae and that, uh, and whoever plays Nathan, because that guy is unbelievable. Issa Rae and whomever, like Issa Rae is like Patrice Bergeron, like whoever, <laughs> whoever's is, on her line, whoever is on Issa Rae's line, is in a just a really hot couple. I can't put my finger on why. You know who looked unbelievable in this movie was uh, Aubrey Plaza, and and everybody oh, I didn't get to her. Everybody loves Aubrey Plaza, and I think that for the most part, everybody can uh, can agree that Aubrey Plaza is very good looking. I don't know what it was about in this movie. I think she just looked she looked older. Okay, she looked like older and more distinguished, and it just like really did it for me. She was she looked great in this movie. I mean, Aubrey Plaza is. It was also very cool to see her play like a normal person. Oh, cool! So where like. Billy Eichner usually plays uh, like a, a man in hysterics. Yeah. I, I, we were all so I- impressed and like, I don't know, like refreshed by uh, the Friends Felix character in yeah. Friends from College. His fucking name I remember. God. Um, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I, I, I want to see the rest of this movie so I can see Arby Plaza as a non like menacing character yeah she is like she's legitimately sort of like a pillar of support and just like a normal adult Word. and the voice of reason and it was very strange but also like very refreshing to see that she's she's getting like a, a chance to be a normal character all right so uh, we got Fidelberg in a minute do we want to have either you tell me what happens or we make this a, cl- a two-parter happiest season episode and we pick it up next week i think there's a lot to talk about in this movie uh especially just in a general sense so we will allow allow you to finish it and i'll allow the listeners who want to check it out it's on hulu so uh if you want to check out the second half of this uh unbelievable cliffhanger review go ahead and do that before next week it's called happiest damn season by 
Taylor Swift. Taylor. Tell her. Tell her Swift. Tell her to play the song swiftly. Okay. Let's. Uh, do you like that clip, by the way? What? Taylor, Sw- Taylor Swift? Taylor Swift. Yeah. I hate it. So, again, that's something I, I hate clipped. any clip from that stand up <laughs> out of context. It's the worst. Tell her to play it swiftly. Okay. Here's Feidelberg. Feidelberg, we're just explaining to you that uh, this, is go- this isn't going to end with us saying goodbye. So if there's any love you guys, dude, like great talking to you that you want to do, get out of your system now because this is definitely ending with one of the three of us mid-sentence. That's great. I lo- I lo- an Irish goodbye on a podcast? I mean, that's best of both worlds there. I don't we have should- to go outside and I can still Irish goodbye? Yeah, we should just do that anyway, Pete. We should just like hang up on guests. Like once we get what we need, just at just like edit it in real time. Or like a, a guest says like a great line or something that's going to be the open or something. Just be like, okay, got what we needed. Fucking toodles. Uh, <laughs> it is one of the things I've missed the most about the pandemic is just Irish goodbye. Like, we don't get to do that anymore at all. So this will be my first time in probably nine months, ten months, how long, however long we've been doing this for. Fuck, that is true. Yeah. Like, we, we as humans, I mean, I've found my opportunities here and there, but we haven't really like let anybody down over this time. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I miss the opportunity to uh, to not follow through on plans. Right. Like if I'm late Dude, to you know, something, no one's like really fucked by that anymore. They're just like, oh, well, OK, like, it doesn't change. It. Like, what, what, what do you have other shit to do? <laughs> do you know who I do it to the most now? The only person I really let down. My therapist. I make up reasons every week why I can't do it. I'm just like, I'm not in the right headspace for therapy, so I'll just like get on and I'll make up something. I'll be like, look, I got to go do work. And she's like, okay, I, you didn't give me 24-hour heads up on us, so I got to charge you still. And I was like, it's cool. I'd rather pay than have to have this conversation right now. So I'll see you later. <laughs> so that, that makes me want to ask this because I have desperately needed therapy during this time, but there's just – I don't know how um, – how good you are about always having a therapist. And like my, my move is usually like when things are going well, I grab a therapist because I'm like, all right, I need to have some momentum. And like this person needs to at least kind of know how I tick for when shit is going, going bad. You right. just want to brag to somebody is what it is. Right. Like, I'm going to pay you and you have to listen to me brag about how well things are right You're now. You're just fucking like, okay, you, you, there are two words in your vocabulary. It's sounds good. Or, or that's or that's fucking sick. You want to give me a fist bump from time to time? I'm all for it. But yeah, I typically grab a therapist when uh, things are going well. So once things aren't going well, like I have someone ready. But I've been out of the therapy game for a little bit, well before the pandemic started, and I've definitely needed somebody to talk to. But I haven't done it. Are you doing it remotely, or are you going in? No, remotely, and it's it's that it's that's why I always just cancel because I'm like, ah, this just isn't for me. Like, like the just the remote aspect of it. I'm like this. I always feel like someone's listening. Sometimes I'll do it, and I'll be like in the KFC radio studio, and I'm like, there's these mics are definitely on, so I like won't be like fully forthcoming, and I'm just like, this is this is a waste of my time. So that's why I won't do it because if it's remotely, like everything's listening to everybody all the time right like that freaks me the fuck out but i i just can't look into a computer screen and be like hey like 
what the fuck is wrong with me? I mean, I, I do it every week for this fucking podcast, but to do like an say, honest, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like I do your, fun. What your the fuck Alexa is wrong at home me? is going to be like, Oh, DJ said, <laughs> no, I, so that's the thing. Like, it's not even that I, I guess like I need a therapist to unpack why I'm so afraid of doing any sort of virtual therapy. But, uh, I was the same way when it started because I'd been seeing her. And then when it started, I was like, you know, like when the pandemic started, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to push this off and like we'll take a little break. And then when we can be back in person, I'll come back in. And because it's so narcissistic of me to be like, well, like I'm sure someone will be recording me. Like no one, no one gives a fuck about you, dude. Shut up and just go do your therapy session. But the I, I said the same thing. I was like, maybe that's something to unpack. But then once it went like three months, I was like, I guess I'm going to have to do this a little bit. And it's been it's been underwhelming for me. I I, uh, I don't I don't strongly recommend it. But that's probably because you have the same issues as me, where I'm just like someone's listening. And I'm not being honest with you, and it's just no one's getting their money's worth here. Oh, that's the worst lying in therapy. I mean, I've done it yeah. so fucking much. <laughs> but when someone's like, <laughs> when someone's like, so you explain something that happened. You explain how you're feeling. They know you enough but like not quite as well as you know you and they're like so does that remind you of anything or do you think that there's any sort of cause for that and like your head is like it is so fucking this like oh my god (laughs) it is this fucking thing i i just wait like 45 seconds and now as i say i'm afraid of like my therapy being like recorded. I'm just doing like blow by blow what I do in therapy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like 45 seconds. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> Could, couldn't tell you the origin story of that one. I, I just, I don't. One time I like tried to guess like, like a fake answer. And the, the dude, I was seeing a male therapist, which in general, for whatever reason, I have like this weird bias against, uh, male therapist but he was just like nah dude that's not it uh, try, try again <laughs> what, are you, what are you the dumbest person i ever met in my life Shut up. He's like, let me handle this <laughs> yeah uh so I, I mean it would be super befitting of this podcast to have final Bergon's talk taylor swift and then get to the 40 minute blow up without a second of uh taylor <laughs> swift but uh this seemed this seemed right to have you on we've we've talked Bieber with you. We've done all sorts of shit with you back in the day on this podcast, but uh, you're Your like, reputation, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. You are. Yeah. I mean, you are the, there are Taylor Swift stands and a, a big issue with Taylor Swift with me is like how I navigate the existence of Taylor Swift stands and how they tick. But like <laughs> you are like the, you're the fucking head of the snake, man. If you want to stick with like a, a reputation analogy, you're the <laughs> head of the snake. So we saw that's, that's a real honor. We saw uh, that yesterday or the day before you did like a two hour chicks in the so office, long. Taylor Swift, like fuck. Yeah. Evermore folkmore, whatever you want to call it. Like this big fucking celebration. And you looked so fucking happy and glad you had fun then because this is going to fucking like welcome to hell. <laughs> Dude, I actually as we were starting this I was I was just thinking cuz I remember you the first time you spoke up uh not the first time you spoke up about it, but I think like one of your original comments on folklore was like I'm going to wait for the uh euphoria to die down before we get honest about it. 
And I was just like, not interested, DJ. Like, <laughs> no desire to have honest conversations about it. And I, I feel like you didn't have the same. And maybe I, I definitely might have dismissed it. I feel like you might have liked Evermore more. Oh, or is that not? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Okay, Lucas, I'm okay. hotter than Nevada. Uh, and Pete <laughs> figured this out. Like he, uh, I don't know. It's this is a fucking weird thing where, like, especially with like Taylor Swift analysis, where like you kind of keep track of people's live tweets and like, cause you just want to, you can't text everybody and you can't call everybody, but you do want to know like, how do people feel about this? Is my thought mm-hmm. unique? Am I, is it crazy or whatever? So, uh, Pete and I had seen like enough of each other's live tweets or whatever. And Pete was like, dude, I think that we're doing the opposite of what we had with folklore because I did. I thought that folklore was underwhelming, half-baked just wasn't for me. Like a lot of people were like, Hey, this is, this is fucking, this is good. This is pretty good. And I was like, this is fucking fine. And, uh, I feel that folkmore evermore is pretty good. And Pete feels it's fine. Pete. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm totally uh, siding more towards folklore than I am evermore at this point. But one of my favorite parts of, uh, of a Taylor Swift release is deciphering the, how genuine uh, Feidelberg's reactions are. Because obviously anytime Taylor Swift does anything, it, John's going to say, oh, it's the best fucking thing in the world. She's the greatest. She, she did it again. And so literally every time she does something, I'm like, all right, time to time to put on my detective hat and figure out if he actually <laughs> likes this one as much as he says that he does. I, I honestly didn't. There was a stretch where like I didn't like I, I thought 1989 was fine. I thought reputation was fine. Um, and then once Lover kicked into gear, that's when I went back into like over the top obsession with her. And it, it was like. Like between lover, then between like the uh, the the genuine uh, like how the Kim and Kanye situation came to be, and like hearing that voicemail because like it had always irked me where I was like she's definitely in on this or something, and hearing the full voicemail, it's like oh that's actually uncomfortable to listen to. It's like an adult man bullying a I don't know what she was at the time. I'm gonna guess she was mid twenties and like bullying a girl into being overly sexualized and shit like that. And I was like this is like this is weird and creepy to listen to. So that's when I went all the way back fully in. Everything she does is perfect. So like, if it was, and that's like the opposite of what I was of my experience with Taylor because like I was on the full, down. I was full in on like 1989. That was the like my peak Taylor experience, and then I liked Reputation, and then Lover. I started to be like ah ah, I can I can leave a lot of this, and then I was back in on Folklore. So I think Nin- that- 1989 and and uh, and Reputation both were like. Where she got so over the top with releasing her bad song for, as her first single, where it was just like I was like, I'm just sick of this. Like, why are you? Why like you know this is the bad song. That's why you're putting it out first. Why even have this on the album? Fuck yeah! So my uh, one of my revelations with this album, speaking of that, is that as I was listening to Folkmore, and I was like, hey, like a lot of these songs, like these are better than the songs that were on uh, Folklore. Was she? I don't know. Was she just like? stretching getting warmed up with with folklore then i was like holy shit folklore was the fucking bad lead single (laughs) that album was the fucking bad lead single that she puts out there to see like how are people going to react to this and typically this was back when people were honest with themselves they would hear shake it off and be like 
there are no notes in this song. This is a bad fucking song. Bad man. song. Like this is a bad song. And then like as like over time, like I feel like me's the only exception where people just will not do the hey Taylor, you can do better. Like me came out and people were like, yo, what the fuck is this? But other than that, That's people not true. generally on reputation. Uh Look, look what you made me do. do. Yeah, that's People true. People were like, what the fuck is this? But you know what? I mean, as we get nostalgic with Taylor Swift and as we reflect back, like, I fucking ride with reputation. Reput- that is Really? Yes. Reputation. Oh, yeah. dude. I came reputation. way around on reputation for sure. Reputation is fucking weird. And all I ask for with Taylor Swift, not all I ask for, like, she can do whatever the fuck she wants. People's reactions might upset me if uh, they're over the top, but. Taylor Swift's a fucking good musician, man. And she's a good songwriter. Is she the best songwriter? No. I would say no one's asking her to be, but some people are fucking declaring her the best songwriter. <laughs> Won't name any names here. Um, so like, like Taylor Swift's fucking good, man. She, like she, she works with cool artists and she's got, obviously she's got all the resources. She got fucking, she, she got a direct line to Max Martin. Whenever the fuck she wants, she can make the some of the, the most fun, trite pop we've ever fucking heard, you know? So, like, I'm I'm in on that. It's the, it's the hey, she puts out something kind of bland, and people are like, hey, she's the, the, the fucking goat. Um, but, yeah, Reputation, I love because she was like, hey, I'm going to try to do some different shit. Are there going to be misses? Yeah, I probably shouldn't be rapping. Yeah, I should rap for a second. Whoa, whoa, verse. whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on a second here. Because guess what? You like ready for it? <laughs> I'm ready for it. The third best rapper on that song is Future. Well, the, the third best verse on that song. I'm going to say rapper as a whole. The third best verse on that song is Future. It goes Sheeran one, Taylor two, yeah. Future three. So, I mean, definitely Sheeran one on that song. Future did like the very smart thing of his phone rang and he was like, You got Future. And they're like, Hey, uh, Taylor Swift. Yeah, he's going to pay you to be on a song. And he's probably like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Like, the, there's no, the, the, maybe he's like, okay, uh, but I, I'm really short on time. We're not going to be able to, like, talk about the song or, like, ideas. We're not going to be able to brainstorm. I'm going to have to send you the verse in, like, 25 minutes. Is that cool? And they're like, yeah, sure. And he's like, okay, cool. I'm going to take 23 minutes to fucking laugh. And then I'm going to take the 25th minute, 24th minute, whatever to just throw something down. People, yeah, I mean, I for sure wouldn't waste any bullets if I was future on, yeah. <laughs> on using bars in a Taylor Swift song. Dude, if I fucking phoned Carlos Santana and was like, hey, uh, I'm doing this Vineyard Nights project. Uh, do, uh, here are my thoughts on it, whatever. He'd be like, and you're, you're paying me to do this? He'd be like, yeah. He'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. It's great. Just fucking, yeah, just fucking send it to me. I'll send something back. And, yeah, you're, you're paying my full rate? Yeah, yeah, okay. Taylor Swift basically paid for a a future cameo on (laughs) cameo.com. Yeah, that's all that is. So, like, I don't, and I'm not the biggest future guy, but like, I don't hear that song and be like, oh man, future got murdered. Like, future just like passed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's that's right. You're right. Um, But yeah, man, I, I, I fuck with reputation because she's just trying to do some weird shit and not all of it worked, but like, I love Look What You Made Me Do. I'm always going to defend that. I love This Is Why We Can't Have Nice Things. As somebody who fears uh, the Jack Antonoff homogenation of pop music, I listen to that album and I'm like, do it, Jack. Good fucking job, man. Also, that, 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 like, 
that album translated really well to uh to live saw it twice and it was an awesome show oh my one of the best experiences was i can see that i, I don't know that. like 10 yard line at mercedes-benz stadium with all of these unbelievably spoiled kids and their parents we were the only like adults right we were like the only like people in the world like it was kids and their parents and it was you me and and randy just fucking going for like drunk like throwing beers at each other uh this is why we can't have nice things one of us took like a selfie video of like the I can't even say that with a straight face, like with that <laughs> cackles. We were fucking. Uh, that was like the height of my life. So, I, I never want to be misconstrued as a Taylor Swift hater. I, I might occasionally hate Taylor Swift stands because it does drive me crazy that like. My thesis with Taylor Swift is, um, popcorn movies typically don't get nominated for Oscars, right? Right. So, like, all I ask is we treat music the same way you know but she like like most recently has she been nominated for a lot of grammys like did and, 1989 and reputation get nominated 1989 won, won album, album of the year it yeah. beat did uh it? it beat kendrick lamar which was like <laughs> history's not gonna look back too kindly on that they're gonna listen to both those albums and be like holy shit like a seminal work from like one of the great musicians <laughs> ever who won that year taylor Take swift it. put out an album <laughs> it was a shake, well, shake it off. I, I believe the opening two songs of that album are "Shake It Off" and "Welcome to New York." And like that, yeah, that "Welcome got, Welcome to New crazy. York" is the first first song off that album, which is just a horrible start. Well, "Welcome to New York" is. I went back and I like read uh, my like rankings of Taylor Swift songs when she put out albums, and I was like, "What songs did I like? What did I think were good? What did I think were bad? Like, how do I feel about them now?" And there was like a pretty solid graph being like, welcome to New York is just a fucking symphony of unimpressive shit. Of like, <laughs> like stupid lyrics. Like the, ugh. it is a song. There, there it's a song from a person who visited New York one time and was like, yeah, I'm from yeah. here now. Right. I'm going to college here. Like we all did that. Yeah, Went to yeah. New York when we were kids. We were like, Oh, the, uh, I was, I'm supposed to be a New Yorker. Uh, also, she and this will t- tie into um Folkmore. 1989 she had like a lot of uh I just listened to The Blessed Unrest by Sarah Bareilles vibes going on which was like the album where Sarah Bareilles moved to New York and uh wrote a lot of songs that were like both what she was going through and tying in the city and uh there not, there are so many moments on 1989 that reminded me of of that album that I figured she was probably listening to Sarah Bareilles at the time. Some of that is back with Folkmore. There are like there are multiple songs with uh, like "Tis the Damn Season" is like that. Tolerate it's kind of like that. Uh, Happiness is like that, which I don't mind. But the big point I want to make with this is, Fuddleberg, it seems like you have like some real Taylor Swift nostalgia that you loved uh, "Lover," which was more like kind of clean, bubblegummy stuff, and then folklore and folkmore have a lot more like speak now fearless kind of moment so like is that your so if you're not all the way in on like 1989 reputation is like your favorite era was it like the shit pre that that's your favorite yeah oh yeah i love i loved red i love fearless i love speak now i love like i loved uh just the self-titled album 
Um, that like that was when I like really be like I, Tim McGraw. I, I was in on Taylor Swift the moment she came into the world, and Tim McGraw from Tim McGraw probably until Shake It Off, she could never do any wrong. All right, so what what songs do we like on this out? We're gonna do a we're Pete and I explain in the intro to this podcast what we're gonna do. Which the the thing is gonna be we each pick six songs, and then at the end one or no, whenever we want. A person can say, hey, I'm getting rid of that song that you just put on. We each get to play one of those cards. So you got to use it strategically. But in general, like, I think this album is an improvement on folklore. I think that, like, I, I, I love the. There's two Heim songs on this album. One of them actually has Heim. But uh, fucking long story short is one of the more Heim songs to not actually be by Heim. Like, there's just... There are so many more songs on this album that I thought made sense to actually be on the album versus folklore, which like I would have lopped off like six, seven, eight songs from that album. I, I, I tend to lean with Pete where I, I think folklore is better, but they're they're both. I, I have one on this that I think you're not going to like. I don't get Heim. I want to get him. I, I, I know you too. I know I'm on a Heim podcast. <laughs> I really want to because I think people whose music opinions I respect and people who I think are largely cool are always like, Heim's good. And I just, it just doesn't work for me. I can't get it to snap in. Heim's fucking cool, man. Heim's <laughs> awesome. And I don't understand that. I don't understand, like, I don't get Heim because I feel like Heim offers something for everybody. That, that's I, so you know, true. You know what? It's probably just a cop out in the sense that I haven't liked the one, the few things I've, I've never done like a deep dive on their catalog. You gotta. The few things I've heard, the few things I've pointed out, they're not bad. Although I do think Nobody, No Crime is pretty pretty blah um but the there the, what i've heard is, is it's on me it's, on, it's my responsibility to go do a deep dive catalog in the catalog and i just haven't had i haven't been inspired to do that so let me ask this you way. let me ask you that here how, how do you feel about the national i i love the national i don't get the national i right you i don't get it okay. so, they are that's, the, 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 that's probably the biggest artist where like i have i really have fucking tried i've gone to see them live twice like i've done I've, I've done fucking virtual therapy over this i can do, i can't do anything to get myself to like and it's national. infuriating because they attach themselves onto like uh, so many things that i like and it's like well there's got to be some common ground here where it, like you they love everybody that i love and everybody that i love loves the national why don't i get it why isn't it working for me when i but hear you don't like, like but i mean like you liked you just don't like their individual projects. Cause like, obviously you like folklore. You right. like right. Evermore. I, when I hear Matt Berninger's voice, I just like see my, I can see my dead body. <laughs> I, just, I, I'm just I dead. get that because on, on Coney Island, like I just think it doesn't even work. I totally. think Coney Island is a, is a bad, I don't, I just don't think as someone who like, I don't really have like an ear for music. Certainly not like you two do. Like, I, I can't tell you, you know, how music even really works, like what instruments playing here and that. And so like, I'm more like lyric based. But even just hearing like the juxtaposition of his voice and Taylor's in Coney Island, I'm like, you guys just don't sound right musically together. Why is this song on sound? I agree with that. So dynamically, it's very illogical to follow a girl singing with a baritone, like a guy who's like kind of droning on because uh, you're just like you're go you're going from high to low but like energy wise it's insane like you typically yeah. when you go from first verse second verse third verse chorus whatever like you always want to introduce something new something that kind of ramps it up a little bit more and 
bringing in that dude, no matter what just happened before, before it, yeah. like there could be silence for five minutes and then he starts <laughs> singing and you'd be like, well, well we've downshifted here. He's like Eeyore, <laughs> He's like Eeyore for music. Uh, did he, did uh Behringer, uh, did he lead off that church's song? I oh, so. I don't remember. I, I that's another one. I, I listened to it like maybe twice, and I was like, okay, time to die. I think that he came in first, uh, but also like even in exile on folklore, it made way more sense to lead off with Justin. Justin comes in second on uh, on Evermore, and I don't think it works as, as well as it did on Exile. Yeah, I I don't like. Uh, I think that Evermore is a very good half of a song, and when he comes in, I'm like. Fuck, man! I like. It's. Not I was promised cohesive. something here. Yeah, it's not as cohesive as like Exile because like when he comes in on Evermore, it really feels like he wrote that part, <laughs> and it was just attached to what Taylor wrote. They're like, yeah, he's like, okay, I got a a a, a part. What uh, what song did you say this key was in? And she's like, E. She's like, your parts in E, and he's like, uh, yeah. Don't listen to it. Just, just <laughs> I'm gonna send it to you. It's gonna just work. Add it on. Print it. It's it's fine, um, but yeah. Overall, I just like this album more. We got like 13 minutes left, so should we? Jesus. Yeah. So what should we do? Should we do a second session, or should we just? Well, we should. Uh, well, let's play? let's talk about like what songs we actually like from this one. Okay, uh, I'll and tell you what. We, yeah, go ahead. My favorite song on it. I don't know if it's the best song, but my favorite song on it is "Closure." Wow. No. Wow. DJ. That's ah, not. Yes. It's, that's not on my list of I have seven songs that I think are better than fine on this on this album. That's not on my list. Whoa. I, don't, so, I, I, I think closure is a half a song. I think closure. They never really get to any meat of a story. So you get a lot you, of what of you're like, saying yeah, is like, there's no closure. Doing fine. You don't need to check in on me and all that shit. But like there's never I, I never think a story is told. No. closure. Yeah. So I'll tell you what I, 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 I I'll admit this. I don't care as much about the like, ooh, this song might be about that. I know that's like a great game that people play with Taylor Swift because obviously like so much of her life has been like in the spotlight that you can say, okay, this is about Scooter. This is about this person. This is about that person. I generally like, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm kind of just like, does, does it bang? Not, uh, um, not what's it about, but that's, that's definitely I, like a fair, like that's, that's part of the song too. I, I also I, I care what they're about, but I care more about how I can make it about myself, which is why I'm like so impossibly basic because like I'll hear a song. I'll be like, boy, that is me to a T. And fucking, I don't know, 40 million other girls are like, yup, I agree. And I'm like, oh, I thought I was a, like a moderately unique person. And it turns out I'm not at all. But like all of my favorite songs on this album are ones like I see – I can I can make about myself, not like what Taylor meant intended them to be about. Can't wait to hear about how much you love Champagne Problems. I think Champagne Problems is very good, but it, I wouldn't. It would be on my my six, but it wouldn't like. Uh, I don't think it's top five. It's probably five or six for me. So I, I think that Champagne Problems is the. I was insulted when I heard that song for the first time because I listened to the first song, uh, Willow. And I was like, this is, this is fine. This would probably, I would probably put this on, I would put this on an album before I would put a lot of the songs from Folklore on there. So uh, we'll, we'll see where this goes. And uh, then when I got to Champagne Problems, which not to get, 
uh, all music theory on your asses. Uh, Pete knows this. There's a chord progression that a lot of people use and have you it's, it's like the most basic chord progression very very it's in every pop song it's in you're beautiful by james blunt that's been a very popular talking point on this podcast recently it's on i don't i would guess between like 10 and 15 taylor swift songs and it's just lazy might be a a a, a mean word but like it's kind of true so when i heard that song and like nothing else to it I was insulted that after putting out an album like Folklore that I, again, I thought was like not the worst, but not very good. And then getting a grant, an album of the year Grammy nom for it. Then to hear what I heard is a lazy song. I was like, she is just fucking seeing what she can get away with right now. And you know what? I know in three minutes, I'm going to watch a fucking video of Feidelberg in tears saying it's the most <laughs> moving thing he's ever heard. She's going to fucking win because she always <laughs> wins. I know she doesn't own her masters. And look, that's she's she's very, very rich. She should want to own her masters. That sucks. But generally, she always fucking wins. And she can't win on this one. We can't say that Champagne Problems is a fucking good song. That was also I th- I have a huge problem, and I think that this is uh, probably a big reason why I lean folklore. I have a huge problem with the sequencing on Evermore. It just doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> I, I, I think that Willow is a very unspectacular song to start with. Uh, and going from that into Champagne Problems, I was like, oh, my oh my God, what are we doing here? Well, and then we're, we're – actually, I think these are probably – so as I'm looking at this, the track list right now, there's probably five songs on here that I'm like, whatever. It doesn't doesn't move the needle for me at all. And she starts with three of them. Yeah, like, well, I, those I like gold, I like Gold Rush a lot. Yeah, uh, I'm a gold I'm who, a Gold who Rush was guy. It? Gold, what? Gold, gold Rush? Really? Yeah, Gold Rush. Gold Rush saved my life. I it yeah. fucking saved my life. Yeah. I was I was driving. I was like almost out on this album. <laughs> yeah, I was driving home from work because uh, Patriots had Thursday Night Football, so uh, it was I don't know like one in the morning or whatever driving heard willow and i was like again i just said my thoughts there heard champagne problems and i was like this is it i'm a fucking dead man i can't fucking live in a world where this is going this is gonna she's gonna win fucking back-to-back album of the year because of this this shit that she's put like i was like really fucking fired up and then i heard gold rush <laughs> and i was like ooh. All right. Okay. Real dude. A gold rush like start. I, I I couldn't have been more than a minute into gold rush before I looked over at my girlfriend and having not seen, you know, the, the accreditations per, per track yet or whatever. I went, Oh, this is Jack. And it's not that motherfucker. Like, you could just <laughs> tell like it was, it was just way too Antonoffy. I like, was right so, away. It's just like, all right, this is a lot. There's a little shift. Uh, so she, the, that that song kind of hovers around the the tonic, which is like the kind of home base of the song for a little bit, and then when it shifts to the chorus, it goes to uh, a chord that I don't know music theory well enough, but like a chord that I'm pretty sure is not actually like in the key. It's the the flat seven, and I was like, "Ooh, that's really fucking cool." 
And I was like starting to text my friends about like, yo, that's a really cool fucking move that she did. And then I realized it's a, uh, it's a move in uh, vineyard nights. And that's why I was so impressed with it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Ooh, this is some fucking next level. Ooh, Taylor, you genius. And then I was like, Oh God, I'm such a fucking narcissist. Yeah. I, uh, I, I was very underwhelmed by the front half of this album. Um, and I think the only thing that like kept me going was hearing gold rush and tis the damn season. Uh, and that got me through the next couple. I thought that both of those songs were really good. Uh, tis the damn think- season was, was interesting for me too, because I was like, does Taylor Swift have a, a hometown hookup? Like does Taylor Swift yeah. go home for Thanksgiving and be like, don't text him. Don't text him. Don't text him. <laughs> so, yeah. And it, that's maybe why I don't read into Taylor Swift songs because I'm like, your life is just so fucking different than mine. Like right. I, I, I can't possibly, and I'm I'm fucking vain like everybody else. Like I, I'll hear Father John Misty song. He's got a depressing enough line. I'm right there with you, buddy. I'm like, yes, he's singing to me for me. This is yes. With Taylor Swift, like I don't know, like hey, like I saw an old face, anything like that. I'm like, I just imagine you live this life where it's just like, okay, bring in who I perceive to be a perfect person after who I perceive to be a perfect person. Just like, yeah, you think, you think she's got a guy in Western Pennsylvania who works in a Jiffy Lube and like <laughs> gets excited for Thanksgiving so he can see Taylor. <laughs> the thing is, yeah, I think, I think maybe that, that exists. That'd be, that dude, yo, that'd be fucking rad. I would, because, yeah. because like, she is like that, so into true. love that like even somebody that she like thought that she loved when she was 15 or 16, she probably goes home and, and thinks about him. <laughs> Dude, this song, this song has. I, I said this on the Chicks in the Office podcast. I did something that's just completely inexplicable to this song. I was listening to it in the shower yesterday. I don't know, at some point this weekend, and in Tis a Damn Season, I, 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 I've never earnestly done this move ever in my life. Uh-oh. And during Tis a Damn Season, in the chorus, I fucking dab. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it made it was just like I was like. What the fuck was that, John? But it kind of worked. Oh, like, dude. It's so, the damn season. Uh. <laughs> right. So I, honestly, I think that's appropriate because I do think that this song has a... Uh, I associate this move with Justin Bieber and he probably stole it from somebody. But this song definitely does have like a... Uh, What's the dance move called where like you're pulling something down? Like we can't even dun, 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 dun. Yeah, yeah. Dickie yeah. does it a lot, you know, yeah. like this thing. Yeah. Great radio. But yeah, this I, so, like you do a chin-up. It's like little mini chin-ups. Right. So like I don't but yeah, if you're doing like uh like we can I think what you're actually doing is clashing your watches, but I don't I don't know for sure, but I would think that's what the move is. Is that that is a that's a, a man with Two watches showing up. Watches. <laughs> Check it. You guys want to buy some watches? <laughs> Open the jacket. It's like the the cherry on yeah. top. Yeah, that, that. So those two songs got me to the back half, and then I really think this album kind of like saved itself in the back half. Which is, it's a weird, it's a weird thing to say because I think that like two of my favorite songs come from the front half. Um, like again, those two songs that I was just talking about, plus nobody, no crime are, are all on my list of, of seven. <laughs> uh, and, but then in the back half, I think that like, there are no, no real misses going, going, uh, I think Coney Island out. misses. Yeah, I oh, think yeah, Coney Coney Island. yeah. Coney Island miss. Yeah. But so, so when I say the back half, I think, I think I, I start with Ivy is when it okay. starts to save itself. Cause I think that Ivy is the best song in this album. Oh, Wow. I mean, I, I like the bridge of Ivy a lot. Like, I think that my takeaway from Ivy was like, if this is an album track, meaning like it's not a single, no one expects to be a single, then 
this is a good album that she's put out. Like this is like this is quality. I, I fucking like that's this what song. I said I about folklore, and you said oh, snooze. <laughs> you thought that folklore had a lot of those? Yeah, I said that I oh, thought no. that folklore was a very cohesive album, and I think that like start to finish, there were very few misses. It was a cohesive album. <laughs> I call it folk snore. Folklore doesn't have any misses. That's I, what I'm I, saying. Actually, no, no. I'm sorry. Exile. Exile is a skip. For what? Me. Yeah. Oh, no exile. Yeah. Come on. Exile is a skip. Um, I don't want to get into. I don't want to shoot my wad on what songs I'm trying to eliminate, but uh, I mean, the one comes to mind. The one no sucks, way. The man. One's, the one's good song. The, the one's one, the one's good. The one's good. One's a good song. song. The one, the one the, big the, trash. The second she started, like this, that that like set the tone for me for the whole night. When it's just like I'm doing good amounts of new shit, I was like, oh, let's go, Taylor. Um, and then she proceeds to not be on much new shit at all. But, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> but it still is a nice line, at least. It's a good lie to tell. I right think Invisible String was my only skip on uh, on mm. on Folklore. That one grew on me. That one it's was a like... stupid uh, song. It didn't It didn't grab me at all at first. And, and it still isn't in my top, my upper echelon of songs on it. But it, it's not a skip for me. One you're skipping here that I think is awesome is Dorothea. Dorothea, Dor- I think, is a great song. That's one of my like. I Dorothea, I think, is if she wants to go back to doing that, like fuck yeah, she can make some fucking really great like country pop albums. I love that song. I want to hear Howmouth play it. I think that Howmouth would fucking murder it on that song, <laughs> and that's a compliment that like this band I fucking love that does that type of shit all the time, like. Yeah, but I think if your reaction to a song is, well, I'd, ra- I'd rather hear somebody else play this song, it's not a good review for Dude, you liking one, it. When that one first came on, I was I was openly weeping. I was like crying because again, like I don't, I I, I care what her words are about, but I, I always just try to make. Oh boy. Okay, so we so Feidelberg got his uh, cut off. I was really hoping it wouldn't be me talking when it ended. So this <laughs> I is knew a- it was going to be me. I knew it. I, I was I thought it was you or me. I was like Pete's sick. Pete Pete might like start laying in the weeds once we get to like the thirty five minute mark to to be safe. Pete Pete's a Pete's a veteran at this. Um, before we get into the ranking, uh, did want to ask you guys this. We haven't talked about uh, tolerate it, and you guys didn't like closure. So did you like tolerate it? I love tolerate it. Okay, interesting. Um, I think that it it is like I think it's a really good song lyrically. I think it's like lyrically gutting, but the song itself doesn't really do a whole lot for me. Okay, so I was gonna draw uh, some some connections there because tolerate it and closure are both in five four time, which is extremely unusual for Taylor Swift. Don't think she'd ever done that before. She never uses odd time lover i think lovers a waltz but like all of her songs are just like one two three four as much as most pop songs are so it's like a different it's a different weirder listen to hear that from taylor swift where instead of four beats there's five and that's why maybe like the in the closure like the chorus is i don't know everybody is, has said that the chorus to closure is annoying i actually think it's really cool and I also like that she says got super fucking weird. <laughs> I think the chorus is fine of closure. I just don't think she ever like finishes a story. I think it's just like, yeah, we get like, you know, 
you know, you know, you're rejecting closure. You don't want letters asking how I've been. Like, fuck off. We're we're not together anymore. It doesn't matter. Um, but I thought I thought I was very much with Pete on tolerated in the sense that like it's just like lyrically and it just destroys you. And that was an easy one to because like I said, like I like when you're talking about being in like five fourths time or whatever, I don't even know what you're talking about, DJ. I don't know what that even means. So like I don't have the yeah, same to catch same. those <laughs> things. I just Shut like up, nerd. listening to the <laughs> lyrics and I was like, these are fucking uh, so the, the the quick Wait. little explanation. Okay. Four, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two. That so that's how the song would go. Uh, five, four is one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, one, two. And it's just it's just kind of an odd meter that uh, is done. Like people do it and they use it, but Taylor Swift doesn't use it. Taylor Swift is the typically very very safe, which is why when the uh, the greatest songwriter of all time platitudes get thrown around. I like, you might as well play me the national because you've, you've fucking killed me. Um, <laughs> here's a question that I have now. Um, and are there any songs off this album off evermore that you think you will, you will like a lot more hearing it live or like a studio version, like the long pond studio version, because I, came around on a few songs that I liked way more when I heard the long pond studio sessions. Great. song. I think I'm going to really love, uh, if she, I hope she plays champagne problems because I'm just going to love the relief of having had so much beer, just taking a little walk, peeing, not having to pee anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to love that song live. I think cowboy like me. I think I will like uh, a, a studio version of. Yeah, I, I like Cowboy Like Me a lot. I, I yeah, me too. I, I like I like that song. Um, that is uh, that's on my on my short list for songs that I would keep from this album. Uh, I would I said happiness. I think that happiness is like just okay for me, but I think that that has the feel of a song that will be really good when it's like just Taylor like one of her like in oh, the yeah. dark in the dark like really slow in between big Intimate. jams at a, at a show mm. when she does that that song is like a slow crawl and it's a slow progression and i think that that'll be uh like really good in that context yeah she likes to do the and burrells does this i'm not saying she necessarily got it from burrells but uh since 1989 she's liked to do the kind of uh just like barely scraping the low note where like she'll just like uh, intentionally put in notes that are maybe a little low for her. So like when she misses them, it's just like very human. And you know what I'm saying? Like when she tries to like, like you barely just like pushes out the sound. It's so fucking charming. And (laughs) she uses that move a lot. She does it on um, new year's day. She does on new year's day. And I'm like, when I hear that, I'm like, she, she knows what she's doing. Like, that's not like an accidental, like, oops, we're going to need another take of that. It's like a, that sounds like really fucking um, vulnerable. Yes, vulnerable. Yes, exactly. It sounds really vulnerable, which like, that's where like, that's where you, you, you tip your cap with the production songwriting chops. Uh, capital letters. Can we just admit that that was stupid? The, or the the lowercase letters? Yeah. It's very a, focused. Yeah, grouped, very everybody's stupid. doing that now, too. Like, I went through my Spotify wrapped pl- uh, for the year. And like half of the songs are lowercase letters. And I'm just like, 
this is not cool anymore. Everybody's doing it. So just stop doing it. It was like, it was like, it stopped being cool like five years ago. I feel like it's not even like a recent thing where it's been like, yeah, we've, We've beaten this into the ground. Even when people do it on Twitter now, I'm like, oh, come on. You're one of those people. Oh, yeah. I used to be one of those people on Twitter, but I I would just do it because it was just like it didn't. I tweeted from my computer most of the time, and it just didn't auto-correct, (laughs) auto-caps lock. So, like, now I tweet from my phone most of the time. It auto-caps lock. I was never, like, trying to be different, but I was that person for a while. But that was, you know, probably six, seven years ago. But another thing that annoys me, and I've read that this is because of – Alexa and things like that. All of the one word song titles. That is is just frustrating to me. Where it's oh. like it, I, I think that they I was reading an article that uh uh like uh, uh marketing groups or whatever are like coaching artists to have one word titles because it's easier to tell Alexa to play it. So well there's that- way more on folklore than there are on Evermore. Like I know, is I'm almost like, everything, right? And but like we're looking at it here. There's uh, there's probably what six on here: happiness, Dorothea, Ivy, Marjorie, closure, Evermore. So five, six. It's just like, and, and they all work, but it's just when you see them all in a row like that, and you know it's only because so fucking women people can yell across the kitchen to say play Alexa. And it's like all right, that's good. She's Walmart, man. She's she, yeah. she's a corporation and. <laughs> Fuck yeah, like good honor. But you are right. Like it's kind of been played out. Like "Damn" by Kendrick Lamar came out in 2017, and all the songs are caps lock, one word, period at the end. And I remember at the time being like, "Feels kind of whack to be still doing things like this." Right. That was 2017. So. Glad we uh, well, at least at least they're not uh, Boney Vare where it's like, I don't even know what the song titles are, but right. they're just fucking symbols. I don't know how to say it. I don't know how to like, I just the fourth the fourth track on the fifth album that I can pr- pronounce none of it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Fidelberg, you said and I hate to hold someone to what they said when they were either drunk or emotional or something. You seemed both. You said. She's Tom Brady. You said after yeah. this album, <laughs> she's Tom Brady. Because as, as Pete pointed out, you may have been doing quite a bit of the she's done it again. <laughs> but you said she's Tom Brady. I would just like to submit to you. And look, I look, I'll I'll make jokes at the expense of Tom Brady all the fucking live long. It's a party. Uh, I would submit that she's Eli Manning. We're like, she's been around for a long time. Has she had great moments? You fucking bet. Like, but is she the greatest? Please. Please. She's the greatest at what she does. There's like, I'm not giving her cop out. It's a nice cop out. Yeah. I have, I always keep that in my back pocket. Um, (laughs) the, I think Eli Manning is insane. Yeah. That's a low, that's a low comparison. Like it's a negotiation. It's a negotiation. You come with Tom Brady. I start with Eli Manning. We meet in the middle. She's Philip Rivers. How about Drew Brees? (laughs) Drew, I I mean, I, I think that she has enough great albums where you have to be like, well, I mean, she's the greatest pop star of, of our generation. Drew Brees is actually fair because Drew Brees, uh, the, the stands can be like, look at the fucking numbers, right? Like, look at, look at the, I mean, the, the stats don't lie. And the haters can be like, well, she's been 
put in the perfect situation. Like Drew for Brees a throws a lot. <laughs> right. I mean, look, she, at the, look at the numbers. Well, yeah, well, he throws 50 times a game. Right. Because, because he's Drew Brees, he plays in a dome and he has all the best receivers and he's in a really great situation. And then you're like, yeah, but I don't know. You stick one of us in there. We're not completing all those passes, but you're like, right. yeah, but if you stuck a better quarterback there, who the fuck? No, like, I, I, I don't know. Like what if all of, what if like all of Thundercats music was made with like fucking Max Martin and with the, with all the, the fucking shit that Taylor Swift has at her disposal. Yeah, well, I mean, you could people make these same arguments with you know, also. Brady's I just, first I three just, Super Bowls. She has the greatest defense. Like, how much did he actually do? Uh, no one else could have done it. I just reverse uh, the man to Taylor Swift accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what if it was? A, what if it was this popular male artist doing it instead? That was not my uh, my intention. Uh, we're not going to get a solution on the Tom Brady thing, but I just at least wanted to submit that. I think she's probably closer to, uh, to Eli. Like I'm not, I think she's, she's done what in the last six years, she's done five albums. Mm-hmm. One, won a Grammy for album of the year, which you know, you can make your arguments. <laughs> one, the one you think is the best one. You think reputation is the best one. I think lover is unbelievable. I think folklore and evermore are both great. I think when you're doing it that prolifically, that back to back, that, that closer to time, it's like, all right. I mean, like you just keep doing it. You've, you've done two albums in seven months this year. That is, I, I think both are great. I think you, you like one of them and you kind of like the other one. Oh, she, even, even, someone like you even being like, well, this one's good. And this one's pretty good. That's, that's a huge thing. I feel like. she's definitely put out. Uh, she's, she's definitely made enough music this year to make uh, a good album. And uh, look, like very impressive that she put out all this stuff. She was probably working around the clock, had a lot of people working around the clock on it. Uh, that's great. I just, uh, I learned the term poptimism this past week because somebody used it, uh, to describe how Taylor Swift fans are with Taylor Swift. And I was like, holy shit, I've been looking for this word my whole life with the Taylor Swift conversation. And it's the insistence that like top 40 more kind of, uh, trite, uh, like easy accessible pop be, given the same um, like adulation as maybe more sophisticated works of music. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that's so that's all I'm fucking saying. Like I, I, I love Taylor Swift. I think that she's great. I fucking love listening to her music. Although I'll be honest, these past few years, I do have like a lot of stress and anxiety. Like if I had a fucking meltdown when folklore came out because I was like, yo, Pete, I got enough fucking stuff going on in my life right now. I don't need to, I don't need to fucking hear that. This is the best thing in the world when it's not. And I'm going to get really fucking mad about it because I, I have this thing with Taylor Swift fans, but like, that's all I'm, I'm saying is I'll do the, she's like the greatest at what she's doing. Yeah. It's not the great. That's why I'll give pitchfork a lot of credit. They tweeted out their uh, link to their review. They were like with evermore. Taylor Swift is making her like most personal, vulnerable music. Yeah. Like a lot of like really great descriptors. And then I clicked on it and it was like 7.9. Well, that's, oh, yeah. that's, that's what I mean. A 7.9 from fucking pitchfork is a 10. That's true. I, that's I, like I, a yeah, 50. That's true. I, think, I can't I wait for ten, need... I can't wait for ten years from now when they give it a ten out of ten because oh, that's yeah. what Pitchfork does now. I hate when they do that. Revisiting they, Steely I mean, Dan, they're so fu- I'm like, you would have been so fucking mean to Steely Dan, you <laughs> assholes. 
<laughs> like the only like good score Pittsburgh gave this year was Fiona Apple, right? Like yeah. the only it was like their first ten out of ten, which is obscene. But like, yeah, if you want to make the argument that like I don't I don't know it's, it's music I don't care for. Like I don't really like I don't want to listen to Fiona Apple. So if you want to say that what she's doing is musically more impressive through things that I just don't even recognize, then I guess yes, I'll give you the, the better musician. But I just like that's just stuff that's not even on my radar. But I also feel the same way about uh, about like Taylor Swift and th- that I do about. I mean, we made this comparison earlier, like like popcorn movies. I think there is something to be said about appealing to more people, like putting out a product that appeals to to more people and is well liked by like a, a large group of people. Like maybe it's not artistically on as high a shelf. But it's more accessible, and I do know that totally. like, there, are, there are elements at play where it's like, well, she has more distribution. She's got uh, like more people are willing to listen to Taylor Swift than some of these right. other artists. That was the biggest argument I was going to make. It's like, okay. uh, like if The Rock makes a movie, everyone's going to see the fucking movie because right. we're like, we we fucking love The Rock. It's the fucking right. Rock, and that's the way I feel when Taylor Swift comes out with stuff. I think that Taylor Swift. No offense to Dwayne Johnson, Taylor Swift's probably better at what she does than what Dwayne Johnson does. Definitely. But she's that like global star that when she puts something out, whether or not it, I mean, it's going to appeal to to everybody because she, it's coming from some a lot of people who have decided that they're locked in, and she's and that what she does is the best and that's a credit to what she's done and building up a, a, a following. It doesn't but necessarily say, say though, like that uh, if I don't know if a new artist came out and they were like, yo, here's my new song. The one people would be like, yeah, we, we don't fuck with this artist. <laughs> but I, I, I do also I think, think the one is one I'd like. Great, no great song. I think the great one song. is a good song. It's a good song. Uh, I Stop also think, it, yeah, I, I also think, that uh, what Taylor's done this year is pretty impressive because she is not giving people necessarily what they want. She's doing something that's completely different. And people that I think were eager to shit all over her had to concede that like, hey, this is pretty good. I've heard that from a lot of different people that are like, okay, I actually like, I I don't really like Taylor Swift, but I like these past two albums. Like KFC, like my co-host, like he, like he is, we have notoriously gone head to head with about, you know, he likes old school rap. I like pop music. And he's always like, I don't get it. I don't see it with her. And then he said, he's like folklore came out and I was like, Oh shit. Like I'm crying. listening to Taylor Swift right now. Because I do think she has had a sense of maturity and in, in the lyrics and in, in, in the sense that she's like more open to talking about what feels like genuine loss rather than pop loss. Is that yeah. Me? yeah. Like, and and oh, you said that she is Walmart. This you said she's Walmart. This is definitely like still Walmart because Taylor Swift will always be Walmart. She will always be like the corporation, but this is far less Walmart than what she has previously put out because it's far less like pop music. This feels right. more like like she's swearing. She's it feels <laughs> yeah, but more fucking I mean, like more yeah, than five swears, feels, bro. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But like Taylor Swift has always been the person where it's like, oh, she's pristine yeah where like she's appealing to the kids like she every move is calculated every move is like to make sure that she doesn't turn off like her, her fan base or whatever and now whether you want to say it's her like purposeful but like she for more more or less feels like she's being like fuck it i'm gonna do what i'm gonna do 
And that's mm-hmm. cool. I mean, I guess my, my point is like this, this holds her to a high standard, but again, I guess I'm just holding her to the standard of her popularity. Taylor Swift hasn't blown my mind since reputation, you know? And I, I, I don't know if you guys would agree. And I don't know if you guys require her to blow your mind that you need to hear a song. That's like, Holy fuck. Like she is on, this is, she's, she's uncovering some new ground here versus like, yeah, she's doing like a, a kind of safe thing here. So, so she, she like I think Dorothea was okay. one. Oh, I think really? Dorothea blew my mind. Cause I, I, I don't know what Dorothea is about, uh, but I listened to it and I heard a childhood friend writing to Taylor Swift and saying like, I'm so happy you're doing well now. And I only get to see you on a small screen, but you look so much sadder than you used to be. And like, I was like, Oh shit. Like that's, that's, fucking like even her just like talking about depression i think is a step out of her comfort zone and that's like the whole song is about like you know if you ever want to come home like i'm still here and i don't again like i'm I'm glad you're in magazines i'm glad you're selling makeup but you just don't you're clearly not as happy as you once were and i was like okay one i can relate to that and two i think it's like i think that was a a unique song from her where i was like wow i can't believe taylor And and i might just be missing like i might be adding my own interpretation where she's like, nah, it's not what I was writing about at all, dude. <laughs> but like, I heard her writing about like that kind of stuff. Cause like, uh, most of her songs are like the, the poppy, like, you know, Oh, we broke up and I'm sad versus like these, I have severely mental issues now. Right, like, so it's not, it's not a little bit of loss. It's like, I have mental Ill health issues. That's a great point. Dorothy. Uh, maybe that's why I like it so much. It's like, it's a grown up version of stuff that she used to do. You know, right? Like that's a yeah. I'm 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 in on Dorothea. I I the last time that she blew my mind was uh was Cruel Summer, and I know DJ, you weren't crazy about that song at all. Yeah, uh, was... Cruel Summer off of Lover. Like I, that one was exactly what I want from Taylor Swift. It was just like an uh, unbelievable pop pop song that like I will forever listen to over and over and over again and get like super psyched for. But it was also her being like, yeah, I I cheated with like this person and it, like she did she never did that before where she right. was never i feel like she never wrote a song where she was like i am like i i cheated and like I, it wasn't wasn't his fault it was kind of both of our faults and uh it, it was just like a sort of her not trying to be perfect but like also i loved that song and that song sort of blew my mind but i was so underwhelmed my by lover that like i would i think at this point i would rather take a cohesive, like very solid album rather than getting my mind blown by one song. Okay. I'm with you on that too. We've, uh, we've teased it enough. It would be unbelievable if we went to 40 minute sessions without uh, doing this. <laughs> uh, let's put together folk most some ground rules. Again, uh, the song titles are going to be capitalized normally stylized <laughs> correctly. And uh, we each get, we, there's six rounds, one, pick per round obviously uh per person and then at the end no not i keep saying at the end whenever we want we can do it in real time we can think about it and say loop back hey pete i'm getting rid of that song you put on whatever uh we can each eliminate one song so here's a question though. And to be uh, clear this is from folklore and evermore folklore right. and evermore yes and and okay. i i would also like to maybe throw out there should we throw on the long pond sessions uh, yeah, I'm cool with that. Gotta let you 
no, I didn't. Is the Long Pond Sessions that the Disney Plus thing? Yes, but I it's forgot also, my login. It's, didn't it's on Spotify. It. It's it's released as like a separate album on Spotify. Okay, uh, so I, I that's cool. why is that I the think same that songs? It be, it's the same songs. Yeah, cool. All right, who else? Give uh, do, give our, our guest here the honors. Uh, Fettelberg, first pick. Okay, first overall pick, Mirrorball. Like great, it. Great first pick. Really like that pick. Yeah. Pete? Um, Mirrorball would have been my first uh, from from the, from both, I think. So uh, I'm going to go Ivy. Oh, this is off to a good start. Two songs <laughs> that were that I would have put on. Uh, maybe not in that order. I'm going to mention a song we haven't said yet. Probably, with hindsight, my favorite song on Folk Snore, Last Great American Dynasty. Ah, another great one. Great one. D- worthy the, of being a top Im- three pick. The imagery in that one is still to this. Mirrorball and Last Great American Dynasty were two where I was just like, you can't even put yourself into those songs because her lyrics are so clearly describing something. That you're oh, like, yeah. I'm, not, like, I'm not even like – I'm. I'm not trying to see how this song is about me. It's she's telling me exactly what it's about. That's yeah. That that song is so fucking good. My favorite song uh, on that album initially was Seven, and I still really really like Seven a lot. But over time, I've been like, hey, Amer- last Great American Dynasty is getting like a, an A grade here. So, uh, what's your second pick? Fourth overall. Um, I will go. God damn, this is so fucking hard. I like so many of these songs. Like. When I'm forced to pick, I realize I like, okay, I actually like them all. Um, I think, I think what I'm doing here is I have a pick that would be two. I don't think either of you are going to pick it. So I'm going to save it and I'm going to take Tis a Damn Season. Good strategy. I've, I've also, cons- I've, I've taken the same strategy with certain songs I'm not going to pick early on. It's a real son of a bitch because that was going to be my next pick. So you stole <laughs> both my top two. Um, I'm going to go. Uh, fuck, I'm going to go. So this is this is a sort of off the board pick, I guess. Oh, but this is me trying. But off of the Long Pond Studio Sessions, because that was just so much better for me uh, from the studio session. Oh, boo. I, yeah, I knew to, I knew you were gonna hate it. This is me trying. Jennifer was one of my picks, but I haven't is heard it? the Long Pond version, and I wanted to. Yeah, so this is weird. A song I wanted got on there, but I don't know how fucking weird it'd be if I'm like, okay, I'm eliminating <laughs> that one and putting on the one that I've heard. I, I I love this is me trying, and that was we talked about at the time like Father John Misty writes songs for other pop artists. I totally would believe if they were like, hey, Josh Tillman wrote that song. And well, like think about it. That song is like very, very uh, vulnerable, I guess, uh, in just the way that it's it's written. Think about it stripped down in the studio session. I think that you would like the studio session more. Cool. I mean, I I love how kind of uh, like ethereal like the yeah the uh, the vocal is on. This is me trying. Uh, oh boy, shit. You know what? Yeah, you gotta. Ah, fuck. Do I let you guys pick the... Do I let you guys pick the ones that I think I know you're going to pick? And then that way I can force on more ones that you guys can't eliminate? 
That's a cool <laughs> selfish move. Uh, fuck. Uh, this is also very early in the draft. <laughs> Should be kind of stumped. Uh, you know what? I don't know that that uh, someone else is going to pick this. I think Pete probably would, but no, I'm not going to do nobody, no crime. I'm going to do. There's got to be a time limit. I'm going to do. Uh, I'll do seven. Seven's a seven pick. was. Seven was one that grew on me. I thought it was like it was fine, and I never disliked it, but um, I, I, it has certainly grown on me quite a bit. This is the most fun I've had doing anything in even like before the pandemic. It's very, very, very sad. <laughs> <laughs> all right my pick yeah speaking yep. of seven all right i'm gonna go peace oh okay i love peace I, I think this is another one with like a lot of uh a lot of beautiful imagery in it nice and, it, and, it, and this one also is a deeply personal one too because like i've been that like i feel like she's writing it to joe and just being like look like it it's never going to be normal with me and there's nothing you can ever do. And I hope just my, my distinct inability to give you peace is okay because you're not getting it with me. Dude, I will say this, like we come at Taylor Swift from different angles, but I have so much fucking uh, respect for how borderline academic you are in your your Taylor Swift experience. You're you're like the wiki lyrics of Taylor Swift discussions. Here the protagonist protagonist has found his experience lost. You're like the, you're you're like the, uh, the, like the bottom third of Spotify when you listen to certain songs and it gives you the footnotes with like the little pop-ups. It's like, well, funny fact about this. I like that. (laughs) <laughs> and and that's one that was one I thought before upon my first listening I was like oh this is definitely about like her celebrity and how there's it's just never going to be okay with me and then she could on the long pond uh, studio session she like she says that she's like yes this is about just you're never going to be at peace with me wow all right Pete, uh, number eight I'm gonna go number eight I'm gonna go exile I know Ooh. you guys aren't aren't necessarily fans of exile i like it i'm a i'm a bon Iver stan uh but i mean exile i used to love bon Iver, and i think just I, I don't think he really knocks either of his songs out out of the park on, on no i i agree with that like anymore. he doesn't necessarily flex all that hard on exile i just think that it's a really nice song okay um it is it is distinctly the opposite of a nice song it's, a, it's, a, it's got a nice sound, but like the the song is about being in a bar with your ex girlfriend or your ex, and just being like, we have nothing in common anymore. There's nothing here for us. Yeah, it's, but it's like it's it's a nice song. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a nice a, song. <laughs> She's a nice girl, you see. Uh, shoot. Okay, I think I think if I just waited literally one pick, we would hear Feidelberg say this, but I'm gonna go. Dorothea. Oh, okay. It was actually it wasn't gonna be the next pick, but that is a good pick to have on there. I'll go. I'm gonna go next. I'm gonna take Betty. I fucking love Betty. Yes, dude. Fuck yeah. yeah. I was that was that was on my list of I need someone else to pick it. Yeah. And I like yeah. I, I assume someone else is gonna pick it. Betty's maybe top three for me on uh folks newsies. <laughs> I liked Betty a lot. Um, 
not not my I also favorite, heard a but... a pop punk remix of it today. Wow. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty fucking heavy, man. <laughs> All right, uh, we should probably uh pick it up cuz we just got our second uh 10 minute. No one. way. Yeah. Um all right. I'm going to go My Tears Ricochet. Ooh, okay. Good one. My I can't believe nobody's used uh, an elimination yet. I I considered it for exile, but I, I yeah I, I thought about that. It. I was like, I didn't think about using it, but I thought that Feidelberg might use it. Uh, okay, I know that uh, Feidelberg, you're hot on how uh, how maybe we might look the other way too much on uh, homicidal music by <laughs> white women, but and I, I I think that it's. <laughs> that's a realistic concern there's bigger concerns in the world that we should probably look into but uh i'm putting uh no body no crime on there i mean you're making carrie underwood very happy we, we were texting about it i think uh whatever day it was it might have been saturday and you were like i mean how many bodies carrie underwood have right? <laughs> carrie underwood's got a lot country women just have a yeah. and, and this one is a weird one to make this think about because he was suspected of having murdered her right the, not just killed, he feeding. killed Esty. Right, underrated, so like, yeah, underrated part of that is. song. It fucking kills off SD. Yeah. <laughs> also, problematic. It's not as problematic as I thought it was going to be because when it started and it was like, SD's my friend or whatever, I thought they were going to go through all of them. I thought that oh. they were going to do all three Heim sisters and they were all going to get murdered. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> oh, I, 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 look, if the song was just like, SD's my friend, she's very tall and pretty, she's excellent <laughs> at bass. Okay, next. Danielle is probably no she's not quite janelle monet but she might be like the rock god of her time <laughs> annie clark's also in the conversation alana oh my god think of what she contributes to that like if that's and then she's like okay all done and she just like, the heim sisters being like these are and that was the heim sisters this has been nobody no crime by taylor <laughs> I'd be like, fuck it. Yeah. I'd be like, Feidelberg about it. I'd be like, oh, dude, the, the fucking, the protagonist is fucking saying some shit here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 13. John. Oh, this is my pick. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, right, right, because you just took my, no, no crime. Um, okay, so this is my fifth pick. Yes, sir. Yes. All right. I'm trying to strike some balance here between both i'm gonna go then this might this might be a surprise pick even for me i think i'm gonna go illicit affairs oh wow i did not think that uh i didn't think that was gonna make it i did not i didn't think that illicit affairs in my tears ricochet would would make this so interesting all right peter Yeah, I'm not going to wait. I'm going to take off a illicit affairs. <laughs> I don't like it. Wow. I don't like it. Banged. What? All caps yeah. right now. Banged by Pete. Holy <laughs> shit. I've never seen anything like this. <laughs> that is stunning and upsetting. And it, so do I get another pick now? Or does that? We, no. we all get six. No. Picks. We all, so well, we all get six picks. Total but songs. Yeah. yeah, we all get six picks. And then everybody has one eliminated. Okay, we, we kind of got to fly here, but that was amazing. All right, Pete, what's your pick? Uh, okay, for this is uh, I'm going to take Gold Rush here. 
Oh, that was huge. Oh, Pete, no. that really hooked it up for me because that allows me to then take, uh, that allows me to take closure, which oh, I need you guys to- are really putting me through the ringer now. <laughs> Bam. All right. Last round, Feidelberg. All right. Last round. I am going to take fucking fuck you, DJ, the one. <laughs> and the one has been eliminated. I've never seen anything like that. <laughs> An instant elimination. Oh, uh, that, that An upsets instant me. instant elimination. This is a classic moment. <laughs> Damn it! That's that upsets me for that upsets me for two reasons. Because number one, I like the one, and number two, we didn't get the opportunity to eliminate champagne problems. Because I <laughs> would have been so happy. I would have raced to the button with DJ to eliminate that song. Just shoving each other out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, that that works out perfectly, right? Because now don't have to use anything on champagne problems. All right, Pete. We all have one more pick. So this is John. No, he just did the one. It got eliminated. So you oh, got, he did. Oh, yeah. he did the one. Okay. All right. Uh, me, my last. He wasn't pick. on this album. <laughs> <You got it. laughs> Thank fucking God. Um, shit. Yeah, we already did Tis the Damn Season. All right. I'm going to do, I'm going to do long story short. Ooh, two Heim songs on here. I think someone might kill us. We haven't even mentioned this song yet. It's a lot of people's favorites. We haven't even mentioned Marjorie. Uh, Marjorie was going to be on there. I just I, I just wanted to tell you to go fuck yourself and pick the one, but it was between <laughs> the one and Marjorie. <laughs> okay, so shit, man. This the last pick. Uh... So this one automatic. Oh, no, it doesn't automatically get eliminated because uh, John needs yeah, to go back and take anyone off he wants. That's right. Do I go shit? Do I go uh, cowboy like me or Mirrorball? Mirrorball was the first pick. Oh, so I'm probably going cowboy <laughs> like me. Cowboy <laughs> like me or Marjorie. I'm going uh, cowboy like me. Cowboy like me is a good pick. I like, I like that you, you said in the very last pick, the Mr. Irrelevant, you were considering the, <laughs> the top pick. overall pick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so we, we got housekeeping. We got three minutes left. But we've got housekeeping to do. Uh, I have used my elimination. <laughs> Pete has used his elimination. Feidelberg, you get to you get to get rid of. I mean, you could make it a a sweep by getting rid of one of your own songs. Then all of the eliminated <laughs> songs would <laughs> be your picks. <laughs> Which actually does sound like a Feidelberg thing to do. <laughs> Just be like, yeah, fuck it. You guys are probably right. I'll get yeah. I'll get rid of peace or something. <laughs> I don't know why I, I was think... being stupid. <laughs> what was your pick after? So it's nobody, no crime, exile, and then you had one more. I feel like that is on the chopping block. Oh no, fuck! All right, I'm just gonna read what what options you have. You have Mirrorball, Ivy, Last Great American Dynasty, Tis the Damn Season, This Is Me Trying, Jennifer, Seven, Peace, Exile, Dorothea, Betty, My Tears Ricochet, Nobody, No Crime, Gold, uh, Gold Rush, Closure. Long story short, <laughs> in Cowboy Like Me. I am going to go. Fuck. I think I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go Gold Rush. 
No, what oh, the? Come on, <laughs> son of a bitch! I knew that it was going to be between Gold Rush and Closure, and I was like, "Come on, don't do it! Don't the do upset it!" Upset of the century. You only did that because he knows both of us like that song. I, I, I actually didn't even know who. The reason I did, actually probably the reason I picked that one is because I didn't know who picked it. I knew who picked the other ones, and I didn't want to hurt their feelings. That one, I was just going in blind, like I'm going to hurt someone, but I'm not going out of my way to hurt them. So it was who? Who was it? Who took Goldeneye? It was me, Pete. Was, yeah, yeah. Right. I do like. The, I do like if you did do that move though, of like, okay, I know. We, DJ. we know for a fact that DJ and Pete. Both I know like DJ this. picked this one, so he he didn't. I know DJ picked this one, so I don't want to hurt his feelings. Maybe Pete picked the other one. I'm willing to hurt his feelings. I, know, I knew you it. picked Exile because Exile was also on the possibility. That's true. And I didn't want to go exile, so I was like, so I'll just, I'll, our I'll three eliminated songs, our three eliminated songs, all came in a four picks band. I mean, that, that, that that's how it happens with these things, man. Yeah. Once once there's one once there's one little bit of action, the whole the whole draft goes. If I hadn't used if if I hadn't used my uh, elimination on the one, and the one and champagne problems weren't picked when I had my last pick, how fucking sick would that be? If I used my last pick to take champagne problems and then eliminate it <laughs> to just be like, champagne problems will not be on this fucking album. Oh, that was great stuff. That actually, that, that, that like it felt borderline productive. Like we were yeah. as a team, we were pulling the same direction. I was excited at points. Haven't been excited or energized in 